2: and
0: As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and in godly things.
1: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh, uh-oh.
0: Erin Addison's
1: on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki and I'm Will and sweet victory. And our brother Richard are on tap to help us navigate the show today. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to give a a little bit of a disclaimer in this first segment. I think we'll be okay. But in our second and third segments, we've got a couple guests on with us and we're going to discuss some issues that frankly are not suitable for young listeners. And one of those areas is just uh, continues to be alarming because we're going to talk about Disney.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know, and people are like, what, really? Yeah, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about Disney. And uh, we're, we're going to um, talk with Melissa Henson, who is the vice president of the Parents Television and Media Council.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And at the end of last year, uh, the president of PTC actually mm-hmm. wrote an open letter to Disney. Right. And in this open letter, and and I'm going to be very careful here. I'll <laughs> issue the disclaimer again. Mm-hmm. But in this open letter, the president of PTC, Timothy Winter, actually kind of goes, you know, it displays, let me just say it this way. Timothy Winter displays what they do as parents, television, and media council. Okay, parent television. And media. In, in other words, we track what you target at kids. Mm-hmm. We track what's in the programming and we log it. And so in this open letter, They actually took one Disney program. Now, there are other Disney programs. You could link these things all together. But they took one program and in this open letter to Bob Iger, newly reinstalled Disney CEO, and said, so if basically if you're planning to do better, please note that this is out there. (laughs) Like this, this, you need to start, all right, if you're planning to do better. In order for us to talk about that, though, I'm going to have to issue a disclaimer because some of the things that... The conversation that we're going to have is, in fact, not suitable for for children. However, it is directed at children, and again, right? I
0: that's the that's the that's the crazy part because you know we're giving a disclaimer, but what they're putting out there is like (laughs) need more than disclaimers. You know, it shouldn't be out there. You know, but we have to do that because you know there may be some parents who. I uh, have not talked to that child about certain things yet. And you know, you don't want it just to be revealed on by radio, you know, that's right. And that's so, right. Yeah. We, we, we care about that.
1: So, and then in the final segment, we are going to talk with Benjamin Bull, who serves yeah. as uh, legal counsel for NCOSI and uh, the center that looks at the sexual exploitation of adults and children. And we're going to talk about why, um, they are now turning their attention to what Louisiana has done. We mentioned this briefly on the program where we talked about Louisiana uh, requiring that you yeah, establish yeah. your age before you can access certain um, websites. Right. And, um, and cosi is saying every state needs to do
0: this. I agree
1: here, here. <laughs> and so anyway, we will have um, their, one of their legal counsel on with us to, to help discuss that. And, and, what kind of pressure really each of us could put on um our state legislatures, like I mean w- what is happening that no one's come up with this sooner yeah and, and 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 if and if someone has, why don't we hear more about it? because I know that Louisiana made headlines because I mean this seems to be something that is easy to do, but it took a while for us to be able to do so That's right. all of that I am saying um if you listen with young kids, mm-hmm. and I know we have a good amount of our listeners who do Mm -hmm. this program is probably going to be the program where you're going to say, you know what, let me just, um, let me listen first and then let me get back to you and see if we can (laughs) listen together. And so I need to give you that disclaimer because we're going to go to our first guest here and, um, and just get right into talking about basically how precious our kids are and how we need to protect them and continue to expose the fact that as it stands now, Disney as a corporation is not helping us do that, and now look. I'm mm. not saying that with the expectation that they should have been helping us do that, right? Right.
0: right? But I'm
1: saying that to say to people who think that they should have been helping us do that, hey, they're not. Okay, right. so that's that's right. my whole point in saying that. Melissa Henson joins us, and she serves as vice president of Parents Television and Media Council, and uh, we're going to talk today about this open letter that was written at the end of last year, <clears throat> excuse me, by their president, mm-hmm. Timothy Winter. <clears throat> directed at uh, Bob Iger. Yeah, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Hey Melissa, are you there? Okay.
1: Do we not have Melissa? I don't hear her. So. Okay. Well, we'll get it all worked out, and then we'll get <laughs> Melissa on. <laughs> you,
0: you know, I, one I thing I want to gives s- me
1: a chance to clear my throat. Okay, yeah. One thing I want <laughs> to
0: say, just reading that letter. Yeah. Um, you know, it was pretty straight up, and it was, you know, he. Listed some some examples in there of what, you know, has been done in these past few years since Bob Iger has been gone,
2: Uh you know.
0: But it seemed hopeful in Bob, Bob Iger being there, coming back that, you know, at least he felt like, you know, there could be some type of change that take place. You yeah. know, I don't know if I'm I'm that, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was really surprised by that. As yeah, well. yeah,
0: yeah. But because I just, I, I noticed that know. and I was like, hmm, okay. So it's, it, it seems that he would join the Christopher Rufo, you know, type mm-hmm. uh, mentality that, hey, him coming back is a, is a good thing. I yeah. just wonder about that. That's something that I wonder about.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting also the way that it was done. And we'll get into some of that when we talk about the content of the letter. I think it was really interesting that at the same time, Um, you have Mr. Winter saying he's hopeful um, with the return of Bob Iger, but he's also saying, I, I, I kind (laughs) of, I can appreciate the art in that open letter. He's also saying, if, if you are sincere in, you know, wanting to respect the people that you're creating for, Mm -hmm. then be aware that this is what you have created. Okay. Um, (laughs) You know, yes. So anyway, I think it's really interesting. And again, this kind of goes into the category of it's, it's unheard of that we could be talking about a company that has really made its name synonymous with children.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean,
1: just when you say Disney, it just sounds like children, at least it, you know, it always has. Yeah. Um, now it's, it's a little bit different.
0: Okay. I think <clears throat> we have our own.
1: We talk um... about it in our family. It's okay. Okay, great. We'll go directly to our guests. I'll just make this last point mm-hmm. um, because of the Consistent and persistent violation of trust. Uh, when Disney is mentioned in our family, it is now accompanied with like kind of, oh, you know, like yeah, because yeah. you know,
0: a, uh, trust has been violated. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. It's, Yeah, <clears throat>
1: yeah. Okay, let's try this again. Melissa, are you there?
0: <laughs>
1: oh, it's not there
0: <laughs> We're going to get some help. We're going to get Melissa. Okay.
1: <laughs> we don't know what's going on, but it's. Can I? Can I just say this though? <clears throat> If you're ever going to not be on the line, you really want to have a dial tone and, and <laughs> <clears throat> not just silence. Right.
0: So. <laughs> well, we had the dial tone. And so we're going to figure but, out what's going on with that,
1: which but, is quite funny. All yeah. right. While we wait and get Melissa on, this actually kind of serves a, a dual purpose here. Incidentally, mm-hmm. I want to talk about preborn. Uh This is the week of our pre-born yes. campaign where we invite our listeners to partner with the ministry of preborn and to be instrumental in saving the lives of preborn children, to give moms who may be abortion-minded the opportunity to see their child on an ultrasound. What we now know through this ministry mm-hmm. is that 80% of the moms who are abortion-minded, when they see their children on ultrasound, they make the decision for life. And so it's so vitally important. I remember reading just a few months back, that Planned Parenthood was going mobile as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so which, which actually shows right. That this kind of darkness and this kind of wickedness is not planning to be put to rest anytime soon, Mm. that this desire to see children murdered in our country Mm. is not going anywhere anytime soon. So our fight and especially on the pro-life front continues, it continues. It just looks different post, the the um, post row, I guess you would no, you want not say post row, post post row. Is that how you would say it? <laughs> a, mean, yeah, I don't know how do you how do you describe that post row America? I, I guess yeah, that's I, how you would say it. post that, the I fall was, of row. Yes, there must be a better way to say it, but. Now the fight looks different right. because now you're after the hearts and the minds of those who still have in their hearts to abort their children. Mm-hmm. You've got to make a, a case for the Imago Day and these children who are being carried. And one of the great ways to do that is to be able to show a mom her child on an ultrasound for mm-hmm. that mom to be able to hear that child's heart beating. I was reading an article just to make this case and then I'll let our listeners know how they can do that. I was reading an article that you sent to me, Will the Great. Um, And I thought, oh, my goodness, I remember a time where uh, this was a few years ago. I was reading articles that talked about the threat of um, our population decline, Mm -hmm. that we were nearing that place where we would say, okay, we are in decline in our country. We won't be able to have the type of workers that we need. And I was reading an article, actually, the article that you sent to me that said we are actually here. Mm-hmm. that that the United States of America is experiencing what is being called a baby bust, that we are not having children. And one of the things, and, and I think people could kind of survey this right now, the question is, so why aren't we having children? Not only is it that we are aborting the children mm-hmm. that we conceive, but it is that increasingly people are refusing to conceive children.
0: Other things are more important. They want to focus, there's a focus on, you know, other, like may, maybe careers, maybe, yes. you know, just, uh, there's just not a, not a willingness to have children because it's going to mess up something that they're doing, you know, in, I mean, their, in their lives.
1: this is shocking, you know, because the heart has so changed. Yeah. But even in the change of the human heart, which is a continual slide away from God's authority, away from submission to God's will, Mm -hmm. but you also see that God is infinitely wise Mm. because even as the heart, the human heart continues to turn away from God as the sovereign, you see the effects of that. And it's like, you don't immediately see it. So we can think, you know, well, we're okay that Mm -hmm. we, we don't have to keep having kids. Like we can do whatever we want, but then you get far enough away from that and you start to see how it adversely affects the society in which you live. And so yeah. I was looking at this article. I want to share just a little bit of the information from this article. Experts warn that the decision to prioritize careers over families <laughs> has set the country on an irreversible path to economic destruction. Wow. Wow. People are not having enough children. That's <laughs> the, that's the bottom line. And I got to tell you, look, I'm, you know, forgive me. I am, I, I'm not saying this in a, like, you know, there, I am human. Okay. Yes. So There, there is a part of me that I looked at this <laughs> article and I wanted to say to everyone, Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. For all of the people who give us the nasty looks when we go into a place with our six children,
3: yeah.
1: for all of the people who ask, did you plan that? Did you, do you know how that you're welcome? Because as I was reading this article, I thought we, we live in a nation where we need more children. <laughs> We're in like depopulation stage where we are not producing enough children and the adverse effects of that will be felt. But here's the thing. Why aren't we having children? We're not having children because we are prioritizing careers.
0: It's selfish reasons.
1: It's selfish reasons. Mm. And we want to travel. That's what the article says. Hmm. Young people.
0: We travel. We have now, six.
1: Bring them with you. Like, <laughs> bring them go. with you. I just... I just don't understand what's going on with people these days, <laughs> but it is indeed true that we are in this place that the, I guess the manifestation of our selfishness and, and I know this sounds very basic, but it is true. Our rebellion against God, yeah. believing that we know better finally catches up to us. And mm. and this is where, where we find ourselves. Yeah. Um, when you read some of these numbers, it just sounds, well, I guess I would say, some of the words used in this article just almost sounds like the lack of children or the failure of, of reproduction in America being described as like devastation. It almost calls to mind, like almost kind of like apocalyptic language. It's like, (laughs) it's the end of the world as we know it. But the reality is, is that God is infinitely wise. He is the only wise God, right? right? And so when he gave us the command to be fruitful and multiply, it's almost as if he, you know, like knew in his wisdom, (laughs) right? right? That we would need generations, that there's a reason for that.
0: That's right.
1: All right. We'll take the break. Aaron, the Addison's American family radio. We'll be right back. The Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you so
0: much for listening. I'm Miki, and I'm Will. That's Throne Room. Kim Walker Smith.
1: Man, we're covering a lot of ground today, and and really, I feel like it kind of all it falls in the same wheelhouse. You know, dealing with human sexuality and with children and what we're tasked to. And at the bottom line here, I'm I am saying always and in, in all of these things, obedience to God. Amen. Parents have a responsibility to their children. It's a responsibility that we didn't just steal from someone else. It's a God given responsibility. A part of that is protecting them, ensuring that what they set before their eyes is not going to be destructive uh, for them. Mm -hmm. And, And so often I think parents have a very limited view and a limited understanding of the effects of what our kids are taking in through their eye gates. And so anyway, joining us to talk about that and also holding Disney's feet to the fire is Melissa Henson, who serves as vice president for the Parents Television and Media Council She's been with PTC since 1997, I thought was just super extraordinary, and mm. also made major contributions, I would say not only to PTC, but to parents in general, with research that she's published and articles that she's written about the effects of media on children. Mm. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it.
3: Sure. Thank you for having me on. And I appreciate you warning parents to, uh, that this might be a program that they want to Uh, Delay letting their kids listen, too. I appreciate that. I am
1: so glad you reminded me to state that again. Let me, let's do that. (laughs) I said it before, but let me say it again. Um, Just a disclaimer, guys. This is not going to be in all likelihood suitable for young children. And sometimes we have parents listening with their kids. Uh, We have a lot of teenagers who listen. And I just, I would would feel much better if you uh, maybe pause the podcast or, you know, turned off the radio if you're listening live and get approval first um yeah. and then listen with your parents okay so having said all of that because we're going to go into some content that even while we talk about yeah. what's supposed to be a family-friendly organization is not family friendly discussion so anyway melissa <laughs> what what is going on with disney like how do we even <laughs> explain what's happening there
3: Yeah, well, there have been some um, pretty turbulent years, I would say, um, uh, under Bob Chapek, who was Mm -hmm. the former president of Disney, um, where they really, I think, strayed from what people recognize as the Disney brand. I mean, ever since, you know, the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, when you hear the name Disney, you Mm -hmm. think, oh, this is this is meant for kids. This is something that I can sit down and watch with my family. I don't have to worry about being blindsided by inappropriate content or innuendo or bad language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is something that is great for families. And that unfortunately sadly is no longer the case. And it's
1: and it's not just um in the I guess in the big glaring ways that some of us might be aware. I guess the the whole um what happened in Florida and what was at the time called the Don't Say Gay Bill. This has been going on for quite some time. It's been embedded in programming and probably, and and I say this, you know, it's so unfortunate that so many of our kids have probably already been exposed to content because parents have trusted for so long the name Disney. I was saying earlier that it is synonymous with with children. You think of Disney and you think historically of innocence. Talk about um, some of what, you guys have found in some of the Disney content. And this is where we're going to get into, again, that disclaimer is firmly in place. Um, Things that are targeted at our children, you guys have discovered what?
3: Yeah, so uh, what Disney has been doing for a number of years is trying to sort of diversify their entertainment portfolio, right? So in addition to Disney and Disney movies, they also now own um, the ABC television network. They mm-hmm. own ESPN. Mm-hmm. They, ha- they are majority stakeholders in Hulu. Um, and then, of course, there's also the Disney Plus streaming platform, um, all of which, you know, superficially is fine until you start digging a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, with the Disney Plus streaming platform, when it first came online, th- this, this was sort of rich to parents is, Hey, finally, a streaming network, it's not like Netflix. You don't have to worry about parental controls if you're on Disney+. <laughs> Everything you're going to find here is going to be great and perfect and wholesome. <laughs> and, and then what they have delivered. And slowly, 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 they've been walking that back right so now they do have parental controls well why would they need parental controls because now they're also offering r-rated movies Mm. um and this was not what what was sold to parents when they came online if you look at hulu hulu has a lot of very mature content and i really I'm, i'm not even comfortable talking about some of the stuff that you can find on hulu right um even even with the disclaimer i mean some of it is just appalling well abc has also now acquired fox and all the fox properties including the fx network mm-hmm. which means um, um um you know the the ryan murphy uh, american horror story that's now a disney property little demon which was oh, aired on fx uh this yes. past this past fall that's now a disney property
0: wow I have one question for you. So with, with with them acquiring all of these different brands, and, and now they're all Disney, do you think Disney feels kind of like they're too big to fail? Like, do they really care anymore about what the parents may say? Or they or would they feel like, man, we can do what we want now? <laughs>
3: yeah, it kind of feels that way, you know? I mean... Uh, you see, you know, sometimes these memes with Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars—you <laughs> yeah, know, it's like I am the Senate. <laughs> it's like we we are the media. You, you know, we're too big to, to 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 have to listen to parents. Is kind of the impression they're giving. Yeah, and I think they need to hear from parents in a big way. And I think it's important. You know, even though there's still a lot of great entertainment to be found uh, on Disney-owned properties. I think it's time for parents to start pushing back hard. And the only thing that Disney is going to respond to is the bottom line. And so when they start Mm -hmm. losing subscribers, Mm -hmm. when people stop visiting their theme parks, when people stop paying for Hulu and ESPN, Mm -hmm. then they're going to have to pay attention.
1: See, and that's exactly the point that I was gearing up to make. As I heard you say (laughs) that, you know, parents are going to have to lean in harder on this. The question is, what does that look like? And then I think Mm. the bigger question on the other side of that is, are parents willing to do it? I mean, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. What? What? What have you found? Yeah,
3: and that. Yeah, and that. That's hard. Um, you know, and and what's really interesting to me is in this era of streaming media. You know, when we would talk to parents about what's on ABC or NBC or CBS or Fox, mm-hmm. they get it because this is coming right into their living room. They're seeing it firsthand. You know, if they're flipping through the channels, they're seeing what's going on, and they're outraged. But in the era of streaming media, so much of what's going on is flying under their radar because, you know, their kids have their own devices, their own Internet-connected devices. And they're watching at school or they're watching at a friend's house or they're watching on their phone in their bedroom. And so a lot of this is flying under the radar, and the parents just don't know. And there's also this illusion of control that these devices give you, right, because they have parental controls. But those parental controls are only as effective as the ratings. And we've done so many studies that have shown that the ratings are just not accurately reflecting the content. Um, you know, they're, they're starting to introduce harsher and harsher language into mm-hmm. PG-13 rated, th- PG rated content. Um, and there's this trickle-down effect. So, you know, what was um, an R mm-hmm. 20 years ago, today might only be PG-13. What was yeah. PG-13 20 years ago may only be PG-today.
1: Wow. I mean, it's amazing. You think about the innocence of our kids that is consistently and constantly being robbed of them. Right. Um, I have a question. And as I, I was reading the open letter um, that uh, president of PTC, Timothy Winter, wrote at the end of last year, and he began with kind of feeling a sense of hope that Bob Iger was reinstated as CEO. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> Why? Like, I just <laughs> because I felt like I f- <clears throat> I felt like, um, OK, part he of the reason this. they started kind of declining was that I think that Bob Iger felt like he could maybe make some changes that would be subtle and and not as jolting. But they they were changes nevertheless. Um, but the more yeah. I read the open letter, I thought I understood what Mr. Winter was kind of driving at. It's sort of like, okay, yeah. you're, you're positioning yourself as the knight in shining armor. You're going to come back and, and, but here's where you need to start. Is, is that what I'm yeah. seeing? Or or is there really certain hope for Bob <laughs> Iger? Well,
3: I think, I think, um, I think- the Disney company, honestly, I think they got a reality check, which was why his predecessor, Bob Chapek, was forced out. Um, mm-hmm. I think this sort of arrogant attitude of, yeah, we're going to do whatever we want to do, and you're right. going to have to like it, uh, was sort of the attitude we got from Bob Chapek. And Disney was seeing subscriber losses, steep drop-offs on their Disney mm-hmm. Plus streaming platform. And I think that's why Bob Iger was brought back in, was, you know, to sort of, stem the losses and, and, and try to um, recover the brand. So mm-hmm. I think that's the reality that he's facing. And I think he's going to have to deliver for shareholders. And so there is a lot of pressure for, for Bob Iger to restore the Disney brand to what it once was in order yes. to earn back consumer trust.
1: And what is that going to look like? What does PTC recommend that um, Iger and, and Disney as as a company – what do they need to do and what should parents be looking for?
3: Well, yeah, so there is um, certainly, and this goes back, by the way, this goes back many, many years. I've been talking to parent friends of mine who've been concerned about, you know, on some of the Disney Channel, original programming, the tween programming. This goes yes. back to days yeah. of Miley Cyrus. Yeah. You know, in Hannah Montana, mm-hmm. um, the overemphasis on programming that's really aimed for like 10, 11, 12-year-old kids on boyfriends and girlfriends and dating and relationships. Right. Yeah. And right. for goodness sake, let the kids be kids. They yeah. don't need to be worrying about that nonsense when they're 10, 11, 12 years old. Right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, shifting the focus of their original programming, um, getting rid of um, some of the um, You know, politicized messaging that's crept into a lot of the Disney programming, Um, getting rid of the R-rated content on the Disney Plus streaming platform. um, I understand that they want they want Disney Plus to be not just for kids. They want it to be for the whole family. But for goodness sake, whoever said that, you know, that that. Adults can enjoy wholesome programming too. Whoever says right. that adults right. can only be entertained by stuff that's rated R. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it says Great so much point. about where we are as a, as a, as a culture. And yeah. that is an excellent point because I think the assumption that if you're an adult, you, you, you want to be disturbed, you know what I mean? <laughs> or they, I, I think yeah. is, is insane. And so I think for parents, but now here's the thing though, Melissa, you tell me what you think about this. I, I think that it's, it's gotta be true for parents Mm. that they don't want this content. And, and I think that's (laughs) the battle that we're facing. There are so many people who would describe themselves as conservatives. And indeed in our next segment, we'll probably talk about this a little bit more when when we talk about what's, what's going on in Louisiana. But, but I think that there are so many people who would describe themselves as conservatives um, both I would say religiously and politically But they are still consuming content because you you can't have the kinds of numbers that you have for these things that Mm -hmm. are being produced in our country if you don't have people consuming it. That's right.
3: That's a great point. Um, But I would say, I think the studios are looking at those ratings numbers and Mm -hmm. they're saying, oh, well, we're just delivering what audiences are asking for. Mm. But I don't actually think that that's what the audiences are asking for. I Mm. think the audiences are sort of resigning themselves to that because that's all that there is. Wow. I I mean, I can't tell you how many times. um, Well, you take a movie like um, Titanic, for example, right, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. a movie like The King's Speech. Mm-hmm. Where there's one scene in there that could have been so easily cut out and right. you would not have lost anything at all. You know, right. and it would have been a movie that you could watch with the family. But because of one scene, it disqualifies it as family entertainment. And um, so I think it's, it's not so much because audiences are demanding that they're resigning themselves to that.
1: Mm, That's Mm. a great point. I hadn't considered that, you know, so that that also I would say falls into the category of self control. Just saying no. I mean, you know what I mean? Like just saying, okay, there's not much out there, but I can say no to that. Before we before we wrap up here, Melissa, can you please tell our listeners about the vital work that you guys are doing there at PTC and how they can read your research and be more vigilant for their families?
3: Sure. Thank you so much, um, again, for having me on and, and for uh, giving me an opportunity to share a little bit. So you can find out more about us by visiting our website, which is parentstv.org. Um, you can sign up to receive our free email alerts. We are a member-driven organization. We are an activist organization, so we mm-hmm. try to keep folks engaged and give you ways, tips and tools and methods to take action, get involved and be proactive in helping to create a better media environment for our kids.
1: And nice. one last question. I should have asked you this before that. I'm sorry. What makes you hopeful as far as media is concerned these days? I'm, I'm wondering if there's anything that you are aware of that you see that gives you reason for hope.
3: <laughs> um. <laughs> there's my answer. And there's my answer. <laughs>
1: I got it. Man. <laughs> I, I I Oh man. I don't
3: I, I don't see an awful lot out there that gives mm. me hope. But there there wow. are occasional bright spots. Um like <laughs> sure. for example, one thing that my family has been enjoying is All Creatures Great and Small on PBS, which is mm. um just a sort of a lovely story about a small country vet um uh in England. This was, you know, before World War Two. Um mm-hmm. just, <laughs> really lovely stories. And, um, you know, so the fact that there's still uh, an audience for that kind of material, that kind of content that they're producing it and, and cre- still creating um, stories with a heart. You know, there's also mm-hmm. um, Angel Studios is doing good work. You know, they yes. just did a uh, the Wing Feather Saga You know mm-hmm. there's um, uh, VidAngel which is doing a great Service by providing uh, content Filters so that you can- do Have more options for what you can watch With your family um, So there are some bright spots out there
1: Thank you, Melissa. I'm glad we were able to ring that out of you. Thank you so much, Melissa. <laughs> Melissa Henson, everybody, Vice President of Parents TV, our Television and Media Council. Um, you can check out their website, parentstv.org, parentstv.org. Uh, remember, they're activist-driven, so your involvement matters, parentstv.org. We will grab the break. This is Erin the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons <laughs> on American
0: Family Radio. I'm Meeking, and I'm Will, and it's Unspoken. Wait on you.
1: It's not often that you get those real sort of like, um, you know, you weren't expecting that that laughter, like just because it's so sincere, right? <laughs> right. Like you just it just, just real. really catches you <laughs> raw. Uh, <laughs> Melissa Henson, uh, Vice President over there at the Parents Television um, Media Council. Listen,
2: <laughs>
1: when you ask the experts what is there out there okay <laughs> on tv that you can watch and there's like <laughs> two to three seconds that kind of like um
0: <laughs> trying and, to come and, up and with something let me you see you know what i mean the recesses you know? of my mind uh. and I,
1: I mean you got two to three <laughs> seconds of a pause and and these are the people i consider them the experts because they are scouring yeah. like they are going through the content they are searching and and one of the things that you saw in this open letter to Bob Iger, was one of Disney's particular offerings where you've got all of these words that are listed in that particular program. We can't go through it. Some of the things happening here, <laughs> it will embarrass you. But what I'm saying is that they are the experts and when you go to them and they say, um, well, okay, my kid watches a program about an animal in the Second World War. Um, like, like, you just there's just not much out there. I'll tell you what we're into right now. Bible man. (laughs) Right. Okay. Bible man. All right. You can, you can find, if you look, if, if you, if you trust going to YouTube now, I'm not again, (laughs) each family has to be in control. Okay. So what you, and let me just be very frank here. What you cannot do is just let your kids sit down to something and walk away. Right. Guys, gone are those days. Like you can't do that anymore. I I just just don't don't do that. You have to have someone <laughs> who is manning some type of like, you know, clicker. I don't know if you call them remotes anymore <laughs> because everything is like streaming. So but you've got to, somebody's got to have a wand, right. okay, where you say, "Okay, stop it like that" because now you have all of these random ads that pop up and and it's just anyway, but I will recommend if you if you're on YouTube and I think the YouTube channel is Animated Adventures, I think is what it is. Bible better give, Man. better
0: give the right one because, you know. I think it's, <laughs> no, man, because
1: all articles matter. I think it's The Animated Adventures. <laughs> My goodness. <Man>. Uh, could <laughs> Just do a search for Bible Man. Right. And just put the Bible channel man. that has them in there is, here's what I like about Bible Man. Okay. Uh, here's what I like about Bible Man. And then we'll go to our second guest. Um, It's it's like it's superhero. Right. And the superhero is Bible man. And so he shows up on scene with the answer and the answer is scripture. Hey, y'all don't hear me. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, But anyway, go ahead. You were gonna say something will be great. No,
0: I was pertaining to I guess I was trying to find out if he's on. So, oh, okay. Yeah, we've been having some technical difficulties
1: today, but I tell you what, one of the ways that I'm convinced that you (laughs) deal with it best is to kind of keep a light attitude about it. Because if if you let it weigh you down too much, then you'll be frustrated that you planned a bunch of content and then you didn't get to it. Okay, so do we have our guest on?
0: I think so. Yes. Great. I, I see the thumbs up.
1: Okay, no computers will be flipped over today. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, let's let's now go to our guest who uh who joins us, uh, Mr. Benjamin Bull, who mm-hmm. serves as General Counsel, which I think is just a great name for a General Counsel for a director. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like if, Mr. Benjamin W. Bull Esquire, <laughs> which just kind of says to anyone that he's don't going up against, me. don't mess with me. And I'm sure he's I'm sure I'm the first person to say that <laughs> <All right. laughs> in in all of his life. I'm the first person to say that. Anyway, um, he's a senior vice president, general counsel and director mm-hmm. of the National Center on uh, Sexual Exploitation Law Center. He leads the charge in fighting child sexual abuse, illegal uh, pornography, sex trafficking and other forms of sexual abuse and exploitation. And he joins me today. We're going to talk about what Louisiana has done to protect children. But before we get into that, Mr. Bull, I'm hoping that you will help our audience have a clear definition and understand what sexual exploitation is, and to even understand that it's not limited to children. A- am, I, am I right about that?
2: All right. Well, uh, first, thank you for having me on the show, and and, and uh, happy to be a hard charger, so thank you for coming <laughs> <time laughs> on. My name yes. is beautiful, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, you know, I... I our organization tackles all forms of sexual exploitation, and uh, you know that, that ranges from everything from objectification of of uh, women as having a, no value at all, except for prurient appeal or sexual appeal, mm-hmm. um, you know, through pornography, the harms of pornography, that all the way uh, from there, all the way to fighting sex trafficking, the new, the new, the, new, the current pornography industry. And the sex trafficking industry have merged and gone online. Mm. Today, today, you know, basically, basically any child that runs away from home uh, and and uh, has no other way to support herself except by by engaging in prostitution activities will be forced to do videos, and they'll be mm. uploaded to the internet uh, where they're monetized, and that, that potentially that's a stream of money that, that lasts forever. But wow. we're also seeing situations in which uh, young girls are. Are being, uh, for example, one of my clients uh, was grabbed uh, by some men in a car, taken out to a house overnight. You know, she was beaten and raped all night long. Mm. Next day, they threw her out of the car like a bag of or like a dead cat, bag of potatoes. Any metaphor you want. She was 15 years old, and you know they caught the they caught the guys who did it. You know they were they were actually two of them were minors, one was an adult. You know so they there was some degree of punishment. But what she didn't know until she went back to school about three months later. Was that they had videoed oh. the rape, oh, had uploaded it to a, to a company called Pornhub, mm. and there had been hundreds of thousands of views of of her rape, and then Pornhub refused to pull it down. Wow. Uh, it took you know about h- half a year to get it down. In the meantime, there were over a million views, and as you know. Just because it, it was taken down on that one from that one site, oh. there could have been tout- countless downloads because at that time, Pornhub allowed anybody to download material, and then it could be re-uploaded. So her image is going to be on the Internet forever, mm. um, and, and that's, just, that's just one example. Another one of my clients, and these, we have class action lawsuits against Pornhub and really all of the big online pornography companies, another one of my clients, and this is all, also fairly typical these days. Sixteen years old, she went out on a date. She was given the date rape date rape drug. She was unconscious. Um, she woke up. She just thought she'd been raped and bad experience. You know, she shouldn't have gone out with this guy. I mean, she did press charges against him, which is a good thing. But she did not know that he also videotaped it and was a, he was a, a, a content partner with Pornhub and that her rape was on the Internet okay mm. uh let me also, let me also things like
1: yeah l- let me just Man. jump in so, here uh, um <laughs> you know these these this okay, so we cover a lot of content on this program, and we try to bring to light a lot of the things that are done in the dark mm-hmm. that we we stand against, but so many of us don't know that things like this are happening we we And it's, you know, maybe there's some who just, I I just don't want to know, but there are others who just don't understand how depraved the human heart and mind can be and that these things can be done, but that these things are happening right here in the place that we call home. And I think it's important right now just to kind of pause for a second because, you know, right now, Mr. Bull, there are so many people who are just in shock right now, like just trying to process what you're saying because I I think that what people have understood as even so as as a Christian when we are trying to expose the evils of pornography and we are trying to talk about how this is an addiction in our culture even among Christian men and increasingly women Mm -hmm. I think people have a thought of what pornography is and it it may be akin to something from what they imagine from like the 60s or the 70s or the 80s but I don't think it Enters the mind that now what we are talking about, mm. because I think that and, and and help me understand this, help me process this. I think that most Americans think, how can that be done? Like the question that immediately comes to mind is, well, isn't that illegal? Why would you have to fight an entire year? And how how can this even happen? So I think what we're wrestling with is understanding how this type of behavior that you could you could have someone who is brutally sexually assaulted. Videoed and then someone, <clears throat> excuse me, makes money off of that. Yeah. How does that happen?
2: Well, unfortunately, it's happening a lot. And um, as I say, we, we have uh, two class action lawsuits against online pornography companies um, that have over you know, 400 million videos uploaded to their platforms worldwide every year. Uh, in other words, that's millions every single day are being oh uploaded goodness. to these platforms. It's like an animal that constantly has to be fed. Okay. Most people at home, you know, remember, they certainly, they're, they're my age and I'm a little bit older, uh, The magazines and maybe in the bad part of town, uh, what we used to call a porno flick or something, uh, that's gone. That's over. The material on the Internet right now it is so much, much more extreme, so much more outrageous that I can't even describe it on this radio show. Mm-hmm. And the reason that's happened is beginning with the Obama administration, the Department of Justice, Stopped enforcing federal obscenity laws. Wow. And so, you know, nature abhors the vacuum. If there's, if there's mm. no pushback against these online companies, they're going to go – they're going to compete to be more extreme than their competitors. Mm. And instead of having a dozen uh, online platforms or a hundred, there are tens of thousands of online platforms that do nothing but put out pornography. And, and they have to be – the material has to be uploaded. It's like, a, you know – as I say, there's a constant. It constantly has to be fed. So yeah. they're looking for younger and younger women in these videos. Um, many of them are runaways. Yeah. Um, there's something new new phenomena called revenge porn, meaning a girl fifteen, sixteen, thinks she's in love with her boyfriend, and he she he persuades her to videotape their love. and They break up a couple of years later. He uploads it to the internet. There's an epidemic yeah. of this.
0: Wow. Wow. Like, so, I, oh, go ahead. I, I just have to ask, because the things that you're mentioning, it seems like these entities, these sites should be totally shut down. I don't see how legally they are able to continue continue Especially on. if
1: we're talking about minors. Right. I just don't understand, I don't understand
0: how they're not just shut down. Like,
1: uh, Well, um, they should
2: be. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, take this quite literally. I'm an old prosecutor, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an old friend of Don Wildman's and, and mm-hmm. Tim Wildman, mm-hmm. and they know me, and they know if I'm saying something, it's, it's – uh, I'm not exaggerating. Sure. Um, the Department of Justice is responsible for most of this mm-hmm. for, because they haven't done anything, nothing. Mm. Um you know, we've been in touch with them uh, in connection with our law. We had a federal judge basically grant us an order that declared in writing that the material on Pornhub is child pornography. And there's no immunity in his order. He said he wouldn't be surprised if three of the defendants weren't indicted in the next year, except the Department of Justice is not doing anything, nothing. Um, they will not take these online platforms on. I do not know why. I think that maybe they're afraid of big tech. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there are efforts in Congress to rein in big tech because of privacy issues and so on. Um, but we need a lot more than that. You know, one, one of the things too that your, your listeners may not be aware of the fact that, for example, Twitter is a playground for pedophiles. Mm-hmm. There are tens of thousands of child porn images that are bought, sold, and traded on Twitter every single every single day. Wow. We represent two thirteen year olds who were groomed by a girl they thought was sixteen. So they started swapping explicit pictures of themselves engaging in sex acts again, which I can't describe on the radio. Uh, the 16 year old girl, who they thought was this really hot teenage girl, turned out to be a 45 year old pedophile who took their images, put them on Twitter, and started selling them. And then when the boys contacted, boys' families con- learned about it, contacted Twitter. Tw- Twitter was very slow in responding. Finally, they responded and said, We've reviewed the materials you are, you're objecting to. We find that they do not violate our policies, and we will not be pulling them down. Mr. Boy said, what are, you, "What are you saying? I was 13 years old then. How uh, did you even look at it?" Right. So finally, um, finally, it was the, through, only through the Department of Homeland Security, through a friend of a friend, contacting Twitter, did the images finally come down. So we Mr. have Twitter in federal court in the Ninth Circuit, a major lawsuit against them a lawsuit that a federal court out there has allowed to move ahead to discovery. So we're, we're in the process of planning to discover, uh, to take a deposition of both Elon Musk and, and Jack Dorsey yes, predecessor owner of Twitter. Wow. We're
1: going to run out of time. Yeah. And I, I really yes, don't, right. I, I don't yeah. want to run out of time before we talk about what Louisiana is doing. And yeah. unfortunately we only have about a minute and a half right. and why other states need to follow suit. So we only got a minute. What is Louisiana doing and why is it so important? <laughs>
2: Uh, they passed a revolutionary uh, uh, law that basically re- requires all online platforms that were at least where one third of the content is, is, can be considered pornography have to deny access to anybody unless they're 18 years of age or older. And in order to access it, you have to produce a government issued I.D. demonstrating that okay. and otherwise you cannot get into these platforms that we're talking about.
1: Okay, Mr. Bull, we're going to have to have you back because there's (laughs) way more to drill down on this and way more information that we need to get into the hands uh, and the hearts of our listeners. We need to be vigilant. So with that, I'm going to say we're going to have to plan a part two. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing.
0: God bless